Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizar here, fur flying coach for 25 years. And this week we're talking to a nervous flyer who's going to join us and tell us a little bit about his story. So welcome, Michael. All right. Hi, Paul. I'm glad to be here. Um, so uh, I'm a nervous person in general. Uh, having, I've suffered from anxiety and panic attacks since I'm a young, young child. Mm, um, not, just, not just fear of flying then, Michael. No, 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 no. It, manis- it manifests itself in the flying part of it. Um, but I'm also a control freak, type A personality. So the, it, it, I have the, it, it's sort of, a, you know, the whole uh, all-encompassing, uh, you know, fear and then want, wanting to be uh, in control. Um, Excellent. But, uh, so I've taken some trips with the family over the last, uh, so I hadn't flown from 1985, uh, was wow. the last time I flew with my family. And then we, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 1987. And then we flew as a family in 2007. My wife and I were married in 2001, but we took a cruise. I didn't push the, I, I didn't really uh, request the cruise, but I think my wife was so nervous to fly with me because she knew how much I didn't like it that we decided to do that. And turns out what's funny is the, the cruise wasn't very comfortable either. Cause it's sort of like when you're out there and you can see nothing around you, it's, it's, it's sort of strange. We had a good time, but anyway, so we flew again as a family in 2007. And this was the first time I was going on back mm. flying again. Mm. And I was like, just really not looking forward to it at all and very, very nervous. And anytime this plane moved or any noise or anything like this, I was very uncomfortable. My children were very young, so they weren't, they weren't really up on it. I could see my wife was a little tense because I was tense. And then we, we went back uh, to Florida again in 2009, 2014, 2019. And again, this year. All, I, the, with, all with flights yeah so you, you know yeah, yeah, yeah all with yeah. flights as much as i don't like flying I, I could not see myself driving that that sort of distance um mm. i don't like to drive that far the furthest flight i've ever taken was to new mexico which was the one back in 1987 and what was weird was the two flights before that no trouble no nothing i just had gotten on and i and i was fine it was no big deal but then the third time we went back there I just was petrified. I don't know why I was petrified, but I had started to suffer from the anxiety and the panic mm. for that third flight. Yeah. Those previous two flights, I had no anxiety or panic. I was a nervous child and a nervous kid. Yeah. So it started from there. And again, I, I, anytime I spoke about flying, I would speak about the negatives. So, you know, like you said, you practice it and practice it and then you become good at it. So, yeah, well done. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So it sounds like, you know, to me, it's been quite tremendous. So despite the fear, you still kept going because and I'm getting the impression it's to do with the family and stuff, not wanting to deprive them. And also you not wanting to drive that huge distance to get there because people would. I mean, people do drive those sort of distances, but that that for you is a step too far. No, correct. I could not, I couldn't do it. And, you know, the, the flights I've taken lately, you know, whatever, I, I, there was never a point where I said, I'm going to cancel or I'm going to uh, refund my ticket or, you know, not wanting to go. Now the lead up to it, which is also something I want to work on. I want to look forward to it. I don't want to dread it. You know what I mean? And this was the first time that 
leading up to the vacation, I was in a very good mood. I wasn't, you know, I, I was listening. I'm going through your 30 day program now. So I was about, I don't know, nine or 10 days in. I listened to the podcast and I also started, I read the book, but I also started to listen to the book, the audio book in, in the car, like on my way home from work. So all of that. And I just kept saying, you know, I, I would be in my chair at nighttime watching TV. And, and I, I, I took that tip that you said, like, how would you sit on the plane? You know, if you were in your living room and when I first got on the plane, heading down to Florida, I kind of did that. I sort of nestled into the seat and <laughs> you know, it, 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 it worked. It, it really did work. And the flight coming back was better than the one going. I, I was less, I was even less nervous. So I was doing the, doing the program, you know, I would take the 15, 20 minutes at night when we were relaxing, I would listen to it on my headphones. Um, so I, I kept going with it. I believe I'm on day, uh, today would be day 17 I'm on. Cool. Um, so again, I told you this, my goal is to get to Europe. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think was the turning point then? Because you've suffered with this a long time and you found strategies to sort of cope with it. Yeah. But something's changed, hasn't it? What What do you think has made, what do you think that is? So when we were coming back from Florida in 2019, a friend of mine who I actually work with has a place in Florida. He happened to meet us. And the day we were leaving, he offered us a ride back to the airport and we sort of hung around. So we had a late night flight, uh, not late night, but like in, in, in the evening. I like to, this is another thing that I want to get rid of. I like to get up in the morning and leave. That's, I don't your, rule. Hang That's your rule, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to hang around all day. You know what I mean? I don't want to hang around. So, cause it's just the anticipation. So the friend of mine had hung out with me and I would say we, we checked out of the room and then we were poolside, I would say about 11 o'clock. So we were, we were figuring to go to the airport, head to the airport at four o'clock. So we had about five, six hours to, you know, just hang around. And my friend had come down and, and was hanging out with the family. And I just, I kept drinking. I had about, I would say, between 11 o'clock in the morning until we boarded the flight. I probably had about 11, 11 cocktails. Wow. Respect. Yeah. But you know what? I'm so nervous. It sort of burns it off. It doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't have any effect, does it? No, it does not. So, you know, after that, I, 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 we took the flight home. And of course, as soon as we get on the airplane, the, the pilot's like, yeah, the first half of the flight should be great, but the second half might be bumpy and this and that. And it was just that whole experience. And I said, you know what, after that, I just, yeah. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I don't want to do it anymore. And a friend of ours actually said they had done some hypnotherapy. And then I started looking into the, you know, I started going on Google and that's how I found you. So, you know, <laughs> thankfully I found you and. Uh, oh, that's great. I mean, I was saying you must be sick of listening to my voice by now. But so just rewind a bit. So that flight you did, you yeah. would have been massively dehydrated. So that wouldn't have helped. Right. And, and you know, that's, that's, so you can understand that, but also, so it's impressive that you've been through that, felt rubbish and still kept going. You know, that's what I'm really admire about humans like yourself is that you have all of that to face and yet you still keep going. The, the interesting thing for me was you also, you said that the pilot came on and said, oh, it's going to be smooth for the first half and then bumpy for the second. And I'll, this is a question I've often asked people, would you prefer to know or not know? 
I would actually Who's prefer to go past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually prefer to not know. Not know. Yeah. Yeah, I really would because again, I'm gonna just gonna torture myself, and you you put it in with the movie playing in your mind. You're just gonna I'm gonna torture myself with the movie, and you know what you know the ending of the movie, and you know that that's just why why even have to bother with that for 45 minutes or one hour? I would rather not even deal with it. Just deal with it when it when it, when it happens, and. Um, you know, it's it's exhausting. It really is. It's exhausting. And so the mind, I've always had an overactive imagination. And so couple that with all of the other stuff, it's just, it's incredible. And I, I've always said that if I met the pilot or if I went and spoke to the pilot or flew in the cockpit for it, and I think you actually brought that up on one of your podcasts that most people who are scared, if they're in the cockpit would be fine. Yeah, true. You know, you know, so that that's all of those things that you say and, and a lot of them were like, wow, you know, that is something. And to hear, like you said, to hear somebody reiterate something that you're feeling makes it where like, all right, so it, I'm not abnormal. It's just a no. thing that I have. No, you're not abnormal. I mean, I'll get maybe it help people to get a sense of what you do, because I get, you know, I've seen a couple of your things on the social media, obviously. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, you know, like, like a lot of people, you're, you've got a life, you, you hold down work, you've got a profession, you know, you're an intelligent human and just doing all that normal stuff. So perhaps, perhaps give us a sense of kind of when you're not being scared of flying, what's your, what's your normal life like? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a technician. I work for a, a big telecommunications company. I've been there for 24 years, so it's been steady work, which is nice, especially these days when you hear not so many people having mm. that kind of story. Um, I enjoy my work. I'm a technical person. Uh, last year with with COVID, I was out of out of out of work for about eight weeks. They they gave us some time off, and I did some stuff around the house, and I took on some projects. and I'm I'm a visual person, and I learn. I learn by with video and stuff, YouTube. If I watch a YouTube, I could pretty much, I built a deck last year, you know, oh, being yeah, at so home. You're, so you're like that. So, the, so yeah. you like to see the visual stuff. Yeah, I do. And I play music. So I, I sort of have an artistic side and I'm always with my family. I love to be with my family and my, we're very close. You know, the four of us are very close and uh, we're close to our family. We have great parents. So on both sides. So uh, I have a good life and, the thing is, I, I, I that's why it, it sort of befuddles me why I, I always think pessimistically about the flying thing. I think it's just when you when you think and you, you brought this up too, like when you're in a tube, you know, you're in a you're in a, a pressure pressurized tube full of gas, you know, seven miles up in the air. So I, I guess I'm too analytical in, in my thinking. So I guess. I just can't wrap my head around taking off and landing. That's, you know, it's just, that's what it is. But I I like to read and I like to do research. Mm. So I watch a lot of stuff and I did watch a lot of those programs, you know, and, and it's just, you know, you get that into your brain and you absorb it and it's hard, very hard to, to break away from it. So, yeah, so you're you're a normal guy. I mean, that's great. Yeah. All that kind of backdrop. sports, you know, I play hockey, uh, I play golf, you know, all of these things I can take on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
And, and the one thing that I do, uh, you know, I can do, if I put my mind to it, I could do something pretty well. And I, I want to do that with, with flying. So yeah, it, it's sort of another challenge. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to see it. And actually something that you said, which I, th- I think I'd like to just take you back to, is you said, I'm over analytical. I don't know if that is a thing when it comes to flying, because when you start, as long as you're analyzing the right things. So if, right. you, if you're watching those National Geographic programs and stuff that and you're a very visual person as you said unfortunately then you're you're seeing that stuff and you're then going through it and and you're thinking crikey what if that happened to me and you're visualizing it and and this is probably unhelpful for you being a very visual person so the fact that you're still fighting that is brilliant so paint us a picture as you're a visual person of a point in the future that this is you're in a much better place when it comes to flying. Describe what that would be like and give me a point where you're aiming for. For me, success would be if someone or say my wife wanted to plan a trip and she did it without telling me. And she said, we have tickets next week. Wow. And I would want to go on the flight and not, and not like go crazy thinking about it or just, and just do it. You know what I mean? Just Mm. go. The second part of that question would be for me to get, so we, we, my daughter, my older daughter, who's 20 years old, a few years back, had an opportunity to go to Italy with her, uh, her high school. And uh, my family's, my father was born in, born in Italy. And I want to get over there. I want to see where my father's from and stuff. And could never, ever, ever picture myself flying over water and it's so ridiculous because water i mean what's the what what really is the difference but also the length of the flight too because you know whatever it's seven and a half going nine coming back the whole you know i can't vision myself on the airplane for that long so she had the opportunity to go she wanted to go as much as i wanted to say no and my wife and i had discussed that she also wanted to say no because we're very overprotective I went to a meeting and, and heard, of, heard the experience that the girls before her had. And, and I walked out of that meeting and I said to my wife, I said, we can't not let her go. She's, she's got to go. And, and she went. Mm-hmm. And so I was very happy. She loved it. She came, you know, she went, she came and, and kudos to her for, you know, getting on the plane and going and not being nervous. I don't want to impart this on my children at all. Nothing. I don't, I don't want them to have any part of this. So that's my, so the, the, the furthest goal is getting to, I want, I would like to go to England. I told you, I want to see a football game live, a premier game live. And I want to see Italy. Other than that, I really, I'm not, I'm not much of a traveler. I, I like to stay home, but uh, I do want to see these places and that's the goal. Yeah. So I figure if I could build up to that, it's going to take a while, you know, doing some of these short fights. Now I will be 50 years old in December and my wife has said that she would love for us to her and I to go to an island or something for my fiftieth. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, step Eng- back. England's an island. You can yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's that's quite what she had in mind. But uh, listen, if she if she can get me over to that side of the pond, I think she would take it. Yeah. So that's great. So I'll get a kind of sense now of of what's driving you, and and also you've got a point in mind. So you're very much moving towards it. And I get the impression that you've you've made some progress, quite significant by the sound of it. Yes, I uh, from uh, I've been 
doing this for probably two months, you know, involved with you somehow, you know, uh, reading your stuff or listening to the podcasts. You know, I know all the people on the podcast now. And but yes, <laughs> definitely uh, coming back. I, I, I even like taking off. So there was a point when we took off, you know, the, pl- the 1500 feet and the plane falling back down. My wife was sitting with the, the it was so there was the three of them, my wife and my two daughters, and I was diagonal from them in the aisle. And um, the plane did dip and I didn't I didn't react. Usually I'd be the guy who was keeping the plane up. I have to concentrate yeah. on we keeping the plane that, yeah. Yeah. my daughter actually ripped her headphones out and I didn't see it. They told me this after the flight. My daughter ripped her headphones out because she thought, you know, something was wrong and it was that bad. And I didn't. I didn't even react to it this time. I didn't even really realize it. So I I am calming down. The other funny story is when I got onto the airplane, I knew I was going to be by myself next to assuming two people because the plane going was completely full and also coming back was completely sold out. I happened to sit near a gentleman who travels extensively and had bought the other seat. So I had no one near me. It was incredible. I did pay extra. I, I broke down and paid extra for the extra seat. Uh, so I, I flew JetBlue and they had the extra space. Brilliant. Again, you know, it's something to make you feel a little better. So, yeah, I always think, you know, if you can so do what's within your comfort. You know, and so that's a great example. If you can afford to get the premium seat or the exit seat or get, make sure you reserve the aisle, but whatever it is that helps you feel like it. There's no doubt about it. The experience of traveling in a business class seat versus yeah. coach is completely different. You, you're going to get there at the same time. Nothing else is going to change. But having the feeling of a bit more space around you can be very helpful for some people. But that's not everyone's budget. So I'd say, you know, anybody that's listened to this, it's not everybody can afford to, to do the sort of the premium or the first class, or whatever. But most of us, the difference between going direct or stopping off somewhere and then taking another trip. Mm. It's not, not often that much difference. And, and I would say go direct, you know, if you can go never, direct, it's just yeah, say never, faffing around, it. sprinting through the airport, trying to find your next flight. Why give yourself all that extra stress, you know? So, and the other thing is getting to the airport really early to make it an experience. So it's rather than like the dreaded thing, I'll put it off to the last minute, is try and embrace the fact that I'm actually going somewhere pretty cool now or on holiday or it's a business trip or whatever and that starts from the airport not yeah. the flight you know so just so i love i'm loving what i'm hearing this well i took that advice from you as well so we usually fly out of a small i'm, I'm about 30 miles north of manhattan so we're, we're in a pretty big area there there's a smaller airport that because i'm so petrified you know the last few you know back I like to fly from the smaller airport. The problem is last time we went from that airport, there was an, uh, there was an issue with the airplane and we were delayed for five hours. Now going there, you want to get there early. You know, you, you don't want to waste the whole day sitting in the airport, but we flew from Newark, New Jersey this time, which is a tremendous airport. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever been there, but tremendous airport. And I, I had you what you had said in mind that just take in all of the what's happening, you know, focus on what you're doing. And even that, though, and, and I don't know if it was because I wasn't so preoccupied with worrying, um, mm. even that seemed to go smooth. I walked in, you know, I, ha- I again, I'm type A. I had the app already. I was already a bo- a checked in. 
I went to the kiosk, did the bag tags, boarding passes. I mean, we were through in like 20 minutes. And then we sat down, we had a nice coffee, we had a bagel. And that was the other thing when going back to being dehydrated, when I told you the story coming back from uh, Florida, I, before this trip, I could not eat before I got on the airplane because my stomach would be so nervous Mm. that I was scared, you know, I was going to, you know, whatever, but I actually ate before the, the trip, so. You know, I'm know happy a, some people take this for granted, but it's a big deal, isn't it? You're yeah. Eating. <laughs> yes. Because you do, you, you're not going to feel well. You're not like you're saying, if you're dehydrated or you're hungry and you're, mm. you're weak, you're not going to feel well. So these are all steps in the right direction. And this is, these are huge steps for me. And, yeah. and they, they even said it, they were very, very pleased. I mean, my wife and my daughters were pleased with, you know, I was confident on the, yeah. on the airplane, you know, I have to say though, the, the, the planes we flew out of, Newark seemed to be newer and larger. And I, this was one of the nicest airplanes I've ever been in. It, it looks like really new. And that is very, very important as well uh, to me anyway. And it was very clean. Yeah. So all these things, are. this is all quite normal that when we're, we're going into a situation which we're a little bit nervous of, we look around for things and we pick up cues. And so we'll be looking without any level of anxiety we're hyper alert. And so the place being clean or not clean, so somebody's not nervous, couldn't, couldn't care. But yeah. Somebody who has a little bit of anxiety and a bit of residual anxiety, they're checking out everything because what the brain will do is then say, okay, if they, if they can't clean the aircraft, how do I know they're going to check the engines? And yeah. I know they're not linked, but that's what the nervous brain does, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, and we, I can You're do normal. That. You're normal, Michael. <laughs> I can do that for every situation. Give me a situation and I'll make it where the person, someone's not yeah. doing their job. You know, which is, you don't have to, 99% of the people are doing their job. You know what I mean? No matter what job they're doing. They're, in every field, there's going to be people who aren't as efficient or whatever as the next person. But it seems as though with aircraft is that that's not going to be the case. You know what I mean? I mean, they're going to have their checks and, you know, listening to uh, the cabin crew and listening to the pilots or what they have to go through. And I actually, this is a great video for someone to watch or for, you know, people who are interested to watch. I watched a, a half hour video of uh, an A, it was one of the Airbuses, the two pilots, it was an Aer Lingus flight and they took you from, the the gate through the taxi through everything mm-hmm. and and just what they do is amazing like the maps and they're just checking on each other and it's just incredible and to see that is like wow you know it's it's really cool to be yeah. part of it. It, it it's incredible and it was a half hour video but it was so worth it mm-hmm. to to sit there and watch that and so what's that as an airlingus one i haven't seen that one that sounds great I'll, I'll send you the link it was an airlingus uh it was it was a f- uh, male pilot female pilot it was incredible uh just even the routes they so they they even show you like they have this book and they're on with the uh, air traffic controllers and they're saying what 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 route they're going to take and how mm-hmm. they're going to bank and it's just it was incredible and to be able to to go through that training and 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 fly that airplane it's just amazing yeah it, so to watch those things also makes me feel better. And I also watched the one you, uh, Captain Steve said to watch where they're shooting the frozen chickens into the engines. Yeah. That was a, 
That was a good yeah, well, it's, it's all these things, particularly, you know, so different people have different things. I would say over the years that a good 60 to 70 percent is the technical can really yeah. help. Even if it, they even if people say I have some anxiety and I've always been nervous, lots of things. There's some reason I think that once the left brain, you know, the logical side is satisfied that this is safe and I've got all my what if questions answered then it only leaves a little bit left of okay now i've got to deal with the thoughts that go with it you know and that's it's that's what it sounds like where you are now but i was actually curious what what do you think you need to really absolutely smash it and get to that point where you can go on a flight with a week's notice and go yeah we've got these tickets what do you what do you think's missing for you ah <laughs> uh... I think it's more, it's less to do with the flying aspect of it, more to do with myself personality wise. Mm. Um, so I think I have to well, listen, continue to work on the aircraft, uh, the air, the flying thing, because I, I know when you think you have it and you start to let it go, then all of a sudden that's when, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable or something. So I, I, I know that that's part of it, but it's also my personality as a worrier that the I worry about my dog. I worry about all the other things. What, what, what if something happens to me? What's my family going to think? And, you know, what, who's going to pay for the, Who's going to pay the more? You know, it's just those, those yeah. ridiculous things that no matter what happened, things, these things would take care of themselves. And that's what I have to tell myself. And, you know, coming back, I love to go on vacation. I, I, I do. I do love to go on vacation. I don't like to travel. But I do love to be on vacation and the memories we have and, you know, we're talking about, we're still talking about the trip and the whole thing. And it's so worth it when you do, you know, listen, I have to fight through three hours. So, you know, we've been going, you know, three hours, anything worth doing, you have to sort of pay something, you know what I mean? Whether whether it's time to study or whatever it is, you, you do have to get through a barrier, you know, any, anything you do, you learn. When I learned to play the drums, I mean, there's parts where you, you can look at something and you, you just can't grasp it and you keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what it is, you know, and, and just. That's a very good analogy, actually. And that's a good way to good link. You know, I really would encourage you to keep doing that because it is, trying to create new patterns here so you're fighting some old ones and it's a bit like if you went for learning the drums to another instrument you would you'd still be thinking drums but trying to learn something else and eventually you'd be able to switch it over and that's what you're doing which is what i find really heartening to hear is that you're doing that yeah that's that's remarkable for me to be able to again uh, i have to I have to also take care of the part where leading up to it, it's not an issue. And again, I got right up to the day before and, you know, in, in the past, it would have been two weeks before. Oh, wow. It. You know what I mean? Wow. Like it would have been, it would have been a significant amount of time. And then again, like I've heard you say before to many guests on, on the, on the flip side, you get to the vacation and as you get towards uh, going home, you, you know, you start to get, and I wasn't like that this time. You know, we, oh, we, we leave early though. We did leave early. We left, you know, uh, it was a eight, eight fifty five flight, but I wasn't all, you know, crazy. And I, I, I did eat again and we had coffee mm-hmm. and the whole thing. And again, I took your words and let's start from the airport. You know, once you're in there, 
And if you sit and really think about three hours of time, it's a really short time frame. And if you, like you said, you, if you can compartmentalize, oh, this is going to be for two hours, this is going to be for an hour and a half. And, and, and when you do realize that you only cruise, you know, from the flight from Florida to New York, for example, I mean, you're only cruising for probably an hour and something. Yeah. And then by the time you take off and land. So the landing, I, 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 I love it just because you're getting closer. Nearly yeah. over. Mm. Yeah, I was really happy though this time. I mean, it was really, uh, I was proud of myself for. Yeah, you should be. You know, pushing through, and it, again, it's no big deal. Let's see me. Let's see me on a, a flight to Italy. Well, I mean, so the interesting thing is that there's lots of really good stuff there, Michael. And for me, it feels like you're making some massive progress. So the anticipatory anxiety up until the event, that's reduced. Yeah. So that's you know. Let's look at it a different way. If I was flying tomorrow, I would be anxious. But I'd be anxious about making sure I was prepared. I had everything I needed. Uh, I wouldn't be thinking about the safety of the flight. So a lot of the feelings I would have in my body would be the same as yours. And maybe some of the thought process could be quite similar as well. But it's just now looking, being able to step back and go, okay, what's reasonable and what's not? And that's why it sounds like you're observing yourself doing that. The other thing I was thinking was that doing three-hour flights are more dynamic than doing your nine hours because the the nine-hour one, the beginning and the end bit's the same as your three hours. It's just the bit in the middle where it's just longer, isn't it? So I'd love to see that you could work up to that because the other thing is the aircraft are going to be bigger. You can have more space. And like being on a big ship versus a small boat. So I know I've said that before, but that's the difference out there. It's just so so smooth. That's my wish for you. Well, the thing too, uh, the thing about it, uh, when you also explain with Captain Steve that cruising is actually the safest part of flying. And I I, I sort of realized why, and, and I did know, I did not know that if the engine shut off, that you can glide. I did not know that. I thought the plane just sinks to the ground. Yeah. So the way now that I uh, work it out in my mind is it the higher up I am, the safer I am because they have more time to react. Yeah. Yeah. So, just to add to that, you've got, you're on a, a track, you're in a highway in the sky right. with nobody else in your, you know, if you go on your highways where you live, you've got everybody, you don't know what their training is, how safe they are. And they're all going all over the place where you all go in the same direction You've got separation above and below, distance from the first one in front, the one behind. All of this is con- so. All of these little thoughts. When you start thinking of it like that, so I'm trying to get you to Italy. You can see that uh, it then yeah. helps you to sort of think. Well, actually, the chances of anything happening are pretty slim. And the other sort of reassuring thing, which I'll bang on about now, is and I found this very reassuring when I first joined commercial aviation is that there's no single point of failure. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't say that about many other things. It's true. How, how safe are you riding a subway or how safe are you, like you're saying, in your car? Uh, mm. You can see the way people drive. They're, they're not ever, you know, you're tested when you're 16, never tested again. Correct. So, you know, it's, uh, and some of us are better drivers than others. And, you know. We're all amazing, you know, but yeah, it's the other know, people. Yeah, exactly. And I used to I I used to say that the airplane fact of uh, oh it's uh, safer to fly, you know, numbers wise. And I always used to say, well, more people are driving every day. That's why it's just a numbers game and blah blah blah. blah. And 
but I mean, if you really like, uh, I guess you guys brought it up. It was like one in 40, uh, one death per 44 million passengers. And, you know, you can be struck by lightning twice when you start to, you know, whatever. But the thing is, I don't even want to think about that anymore. You know what I mean? I, I don't even want to have that in my brain. And, and that's it. Because if I go, if I go drive somewhere, it's not, my thought isn't that, no, you know what I mean? Cool so that that's the thing. And, and to hear you guys say, and, and, and the pilots and they just say, Oh, you know, they need to get home to their family too. When you, when you do realize that they're not going to, they're not going to put you in jeopardy. Yeah. If something, you know, look, nothing's zero, right. Nothing's a hundred percent, but uh, they want to get home as well. And they've been doing it for so long. I mean, you, you know, what's funny is when you, uh, I, I don't know if it was in the, it might've been in the last Facebook live you did, you had said, oh, well, I, I got past this one. It's going to be my turn like next time. And then you realize that a guy like Captain Steve's been doing it for 32 years and many people have been doing it for 40 years. And it's just, you know, they're doing it every single day. And, they, you know, they're not uh, they're not lowering their odds or anything, you know. So Well, you've got to take remember that podcast with Fred Finn, you know, the world's yeah, the longer, old man, yes. you know. Yes. I just think listen to that. And he's had to, he's been in a couple of incidents and he said I got straight back on the aircraft. I knew it's safe. So he's flying millions and millions of miles. And uh, yeah. I just I find it very reassuring. The, the other thing is that I'm really pleased that you came on because the, the first thing you confessed to <laughs> was about the control idea. I want you and also anyone listening to know that actually wanting to be in control is a completely normal thing. Yeah. And and so what we're trying to do is to sort of just to let, let go of a little bit of that and say, do you know what? Let's let these guys fly it. You know, these guys, these men and women that are trained to do it. Let's let them have control because they've got it anyway. So let's try and release a little bit of that. that to that's, them. that's how I was actually able to relax and not hold the plane up. Because when you said that, I just laughed because. You know, I, I look back on, on myself in the seat and I'm just, you know, holding on. And I'm like, what am I holding on? I I guess it's a bit of narcissism at some in, in some degree, because you're like, I'm I'm holding this plane up or, or you're you know, you 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 know more than the pilot or something or, you know, just it's it's those things that that, you know, when you hear someone else say to you, hey, you know, let the let these guys just fly the plane and. And, and do this. I'm like, I, like I told you, I'm a technical person. When yeah. I go into someone's home, they're like relinquishing their control. I mean, it's not the same thing, but they are relinquishing their control to me in their house because I'm, I'm telling them what the problem is and I'm going to fix it for them. Yeah. And, uh, everyone's got a job to do. And, uh, and that's a good way of looking at it. And, and, and you have to be licensed and you have to be checked yeah. to do what you do. So that, yeah, it's a good link actually. So you're, learning to let go a bit to hand over to these experts like you're an expert in what you do these are experts in what they do plus you've got that team of people all around them that are making sure each one of them is carefully thought about and planned and all the rest of it i mean this has been awesome i really really appreciate you giving your time i just wondered if just to sort of wrap up mm-hmm. if you had to, if you could give a few tips to somebody who hasn't who's perhaps listening and thinking i need to do something about this what would, what would you say? I would say gather as much information as you can. Uh, listen to other people. Also, uh, the way I told you that I, I'm a technical person, I look for that information. If you're not a technical person, don't even bother trying to waste your time trying to make yourself feel better about that because that's not what's really bothering you. Find what's really, really bothering you and make sure you focus and zoom in on that because 
if the other thing's not bothering you, then don't even bother, you know, don't even just focus on what you think it is. And I did say to myself, it's not going to be where it's going to happen all at once. It's going to be, you know, little bits at a time, but I can look back on this trip and say, you know, from, from the start to the finish, I, I made gains in every single place. Uh, I didn't take a step back and it's only because, and, and you have to keep at it. You, you do have to read something or keep talking to yourself and say every day, it's don't, don't let a day, don't let a day lapse because the more you talk to yourself and convince yourself that you believe what you're reading and hearing, yeah, that's really what's going to you know, make you feel so much better. And that's what made me feel better. So. Michael, you're you're a legend, my friend. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you get when you get over to the, I nearly said that. If when you get to the UK, yes, um, give me a shout. I'll, I'll I'll buy you a beer. How about that? All right, and I'll, I'll, I'll have I'm, one of our crappy English beers. I'm gonna buy you a beer because I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I, I won't be over there if it wasn't for you. Oh right, well there you go. Maybe we buy yeah. each other a beer each. I, I can't I cope with your eleven beers though, which you've. <laughs> I was thinking maybe I can get a, a flight with Captain Steve Bull over to uh, on the uh, you know on Virgin Virgin Atlantic. That'd be yeah. uh, that'd be that'd be uh, fabulous. But yeah, uh, well, I'm sure we, the funny thing is that quite often when, we, when I used to run my other version of courses, we that would happen. You would get you'd get on your you get on your flight, and yeah. the chances of it are pretty slim. But you'd you'd hear then over the PA. The very pilot that run your course and so yeah. anything is possible michael well see the thing too the pilot has a lot to do with it because the pilot we had on the way back he came out and he actually stood in the uh where the you know the front part of the plane where the this the flight attendant would uh greet everyone you know on the intercom he was on it and he, he was telling he told a joke and he just like completely made everybody feel bad and you can see like this guy's capable and he's, he's got, you know, he's with it. And, and it's just a re- very reassuring feeling. So. Yeah. It's it, good. It really yeah is. These, these people are just phenomenal. I did do some pilot lessons myself, but I realized it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it really, it's not my, it's not my thing, but these, these people, they're just, they're just phenomenal. And so you've got to imagine every time you fly, you've got somebody, the captain Steve's, like that up the front yeah. with a colleague or maybe two others depending on the length of the flight so they're always there that's another good awesome. reason that's another good reason to be flying a longer distance more pilots on the plane there you go <laughs> see exactly. i'm taking all these little tidbits yeah and yeah you're doing great <laughs> i'm talking myself into it <laughs> well yeah i think you're doing a, you're doing a great job and for me what if i was to sum up why i think you've done so well is that you're determined you've got a long history of being nervous but you've that something's switched and you've decided you know enough's enough and I, I always find when people get to that point then they just eat up everything that comes towards them and they'll keep moving forwards now of course occasionally somebody might have a little blip and that's mm-hmm. completely normal but it's that determination which keeps them going and so I, I really hope that we get to see you in England in a bar or a pub yeah. we call them of course yeah, uh, Come in, have a beer, and we'll have a chat about it in the not too distant future. No, it, <laughs> it will not be in the too distant future. And uh, again, people like yourself who who put the information out there and put great information out there for us to read, and it's very very important. And uh, you know, you put a lot of stuff out there for free, and it's important to support you guys too because without you, you know, without people 
given us the info, we wouldn't have any of it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to you as well. So. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I, mean, I think commercial aviation has been amazing to me. So, you know, without yeah. being in commercial aviation, I would have had the experiences I've had. So being able to share that and help other people to be able to make choices is just very rewarding. And to hear your story, Michael, has been it's been fantastic. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you coming on today. And it was a pleasure to that. you. And uh, it's been nice these last, you know, a couple of months uh, conversing with you. And, you know, uh, you, you answered every email you do. You do it all. You're great. I, I really appreciate it. And my family thanks you. <laughs> oh, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Michael. It's brilliant. All right. Take care. <laughs>